You're listening to an Englishman in the Balkans. Welcome to an Englishman in the Balkans podcast with me, David Pecinovic Bailey. In this podcast, you'll get a unique look at life in Bosnia and Herzegovina through my eyes, the eyes of an immigrant. Each episode, I share my experiences living in this often misunderstood country and introduce you to some of the interesting people I've met along the way. From exploring the rich culture and history to discussing the challenges and joys of immigrating to a new country, this podcast offers a thoughtful and engaging look at life in the Western Balkans. An Englishman in the Balkans podcast with David Bailey. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. And if you're a first-time listener, I'm David Bailey, an Englishman in the Balkans. I've lived in the northwest of Bosnia and Herzegovina for over 20 years. And this podcast is all about telling stories from this small, heart-shaped, but often misunderstood country in the Western Balkans. In this episode of the podcast, I talk to Ramayana Marbita, originally from Bosnia and Herzegovina, but presently living in Harare in Zimbabwe. I found out what, if any, similarities there are between the two countries. Ramayana's culture shocks, her love of Zimbabwean fashion, and also hear one of her favourite musical artists from this African nation. Plus, much, much more. You're listening to an Englishman in the Balkans. Well, first of all, thank you, David, for inviting me to your podcast and for such a wonderful introduction. Uh, so, Ramayana, it's very difficult to talk about yourself, right? I'm even a bit nervous. Um, so, I am, I am a girl from Bosnia. I was born and partly raised in Bosnia. So, of course, um, the first part of my childhood, I was uh, in, in, back in Yugoslavia, right? And then uh, I, uh, during the war in Bosnia, I w- was a refugee in Germany. So I spent uh, six years of my life in, in Germany. So basically during my adolescence, I, w- I became like a German. I had a German mindset. I was dreaming in German. I was um, speaking only in German. Then I went back to Bosnia um, when the war ended. And uh, then I had to restart from zero. I had to rediscover myself as a Bosnian, let's say. So... Yeah, then uh, the rest of my life, uh, let's say I was uh, I was born in Kakanj, which is uh, the little town between Zenica and Sarajevo. Um, you know, it's just an industrial town, uh, nothing special to see, but that's uh, where I was born and uh, raised in my childhood. And um, after that, I went to the capital, to Sarajevo, uh, to study and to work. And this is actually where I spent um, most of the of my life uh, while while I was in Bosnia. And this is also the place where I met my future husband, who was uh, back then working in Sarajevo. My husband uh, is not from Bosnia. He's a foreigner. He's a mix uh, of uh, DRC Congo and Belgium. So, um, yeah, it was somehow my destiny. Africa was somehow my destiny from the beginning uh, when I met him. And um, so from this moment on, my life went upside down, basically, um, because of the nature of his job. Uh, He's a diplomat. So our life started being like uh, living in many different countries every few years. So from there on, uh, you know, I I started moving. But until that moment, I had a pretty normal life, uh, just a normal Bosnian girl studying and working. I was working at a bank. I had a nice job. 
And then, uh, yeah, my, my life changed from one day to another. I have two kids uh, uh, who were born in Belgium and uh, our base, uh, actually, it's a bit complicated when I talk about where I'm from. So really like, you know, the Bosnian girl, but because uh, of, of my husband, we moved to Belgium. Actually, Belgium is our base. So Belgium is the place where we go home, let's say. We don't really go to Bosnia. We go to Belgium. And this is where my kids were born. And uh, yeah, that's the, the permanent base, let's say. But living in Zimbabwe and, and all these other countries is a diplomatic mission. And this is where we are usually just temporary. I did, as you know, some um, research on you from your gorgeously wonderful Instagram channel. And I watched your Instagram reels. I know that today that we have uh, a delay in our internet connection, but you did say that, you know, there are technical issues in Zimbabwe. How is the Zez today? Well, uh, you would be surprised, but we have Zesa today. I was surprised myself to see the light on. There is like a little lamp in my kitchen where I, when I look at this lamp, I know, oh, there is public electricity actually when the lamp is off it's usually off all the time so actually we we are pretty good off when it comes to zesa today but i do have some other issues in the house which is a normality here like you'll have workers almost every day or weekly in your house when it comes to electricity water or stuff like that it's pretty normal how did growing up in initially in bosnia and herzegovina um, and then moving to Germany, how did that shape your perspective on life and the world? Because some people who are born, especially in villages in Bosnia and Herzegovina, it seems to me they don't have that wider perspective of life outside the country. So, you know, how did your upbringing in those initial years sh shape your view on life and the world? I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, you know, in Bosnia, there are big differences. For example, I, I am a good example. I, I grew up in Kakanj, which is a small town, half an hour from the capital. So the mentality and the way of life is very, very different, uh, just half an hour apart. Um, so I know, for example, if I had never moved to Germany back then, if I had stayed only in Kakan in the little town I was born, I would not have been the same person. Just the fact, even just moving to a bigger town, not speaking, going to uh, another country and then Western Europe, um, yeah, it changes completely your perspective on life. I have to say that I'm kind of, and especially when you go uh, during your childhood, you know, because I have a chance now to to live in different countries, but as a as a as an adult, that's not the same. Uh, Germany for me will always be something special because I, yeah, I, I kind of identified myself as a German when I grew up there, but I cannot say the same for when I lived somewhere abroad as an adult, right? Uh, you just have some influences and, and of course it changes your perspective. But um, yeah, it's very important when uh, if you go somewhere um, as a child, it shapes you completely. So, yeah, I mean, I have to say I'm very grateful for that experience, not grateful for the fact that uh, I had to be a refugee, but grateful for the experience and for all the things that I could learn through that 
because I think uh, it, it just makes you a better person. How has living uh, abroad, and, and we'll focus on Zimbabwe because that's where you are at the moment, how has living, for example, in Zimbabwe changed your understanding of your home country of Bosnia and Herzegovina? And do you stay connected to that Bosnian culture and heritage in any way? Oh, my gosh. I, I like this question. <laughs> um, yes. Um, living in Zimbabwe uh, and before that in Madagascar has actually changed me the most in my life so far because these two countries have been the most different from anything I knew before. So basically, um, coming to these kind of countries, uh, yes, sometimes you need to start from, it feels like starting from learning basic things. Like I'm not even speaking about cultural, you know, culture. If you go from, from Bosnia to Germany or Austria, yeah, you will always find some cultural differences and stuff like that. No, here we are talking about fundamental things. Uh, that you need to learn. For example, I say in Zimbabwe, concretely, you need to learn how to live in your own house, literally. So once you move to Zimbabwe, um, um, not in, only in your own house, but you need to learn how to do shopping here. It's not just going out and, yeah, do shopping. No, it's complicated. It's uh, like... Um, you need almost like a crash course as a foreigner, and uh, it takes a couple of months. I'm here now six, seven months in Zimbabwe, and yeah, I'm. There are still things that are not very clear to me that I still am still learning. You know, um, you know, starting with your own house. This thing of um, electricity is simply complicated. When we moved here, we we moved to a te- first first we went to a temporary house before we were able to enter our own house a few months later. And, uh, you know, I was, I was just shocked that I didn't understand, for example, that I wasn't able to use my blow dryer or um, vacuum cleaner. In, I wasn't able to use any plug for that. So that was the first shock because um, here the, the houses are very working independently. So they don't really depend on the public system. Like I'm talking about houses for us expats, of course, not for the entire population, because the differences are big, you know, so I can talk for myself. Um, So basically, um, people have their own sources of how they supply themselves with electricity and water. And that complicates things like, um, for example, you have solar, solar systems here, most of the houses have solar systems, most expats have it. Um, but these solar systems don't cover your entire house. So basically, even in my own house, I have like stickers on 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 uh, sockets. For example, which socket I can use for which device. So you know, and if you make a mistake, you can cause serious damage to your solar system. For example. The same goes uh, with water. You know, you have your own water supply. So we have boreholes here. So when I arrive, I ask, can I drink? Is the water safe to drink? And surprisingly, the answer was yes. I was like, oh, I can drink tap water here. Yeah, it comes from a borehole. I'm like, what is a borehole? I don't know if you know what a borehole is, David. (laughs) Maybe because you're English speaking, you know. But for me, it was like I never heard before about that. So, uh, yeah, basically, borehole is like you have your own 
uh, water supply from your own garden. And this borehole is like a, a, a tube, something that goes hundred of meters deep in the ground. And you have a pump and this pump, it's all, this is all happening automatically. It brings water to your house anyway. And then you have filters and stuff, but it's, you know, you have to learn all that. So that's your own house only. And then you go out in the world, you go like you want to do shopping, especially in Zimbabwe. Madagascar was less complicated in that sense, believe me or not. Uh, in Zimbabwe, uh, the, the, the problem with the currencies is, uh, yeah, it's, it's just any foreigner you will meet here, he will say it's complicated or I don't understand. Or even after four years living here, some people still don't get it. Because, you know, we have here uh, U.S. dollars and uh, a local currency, which is called RTGS, or we call it also the Zimbabwe dollar. So uh, basically, um, every shop can display their price in whichever of these two currencies they want. So you'll go, for example, in a big shop. I don't know. Let's say, do you still have Konsum in Bosnia? Like, you know, this, this kind of big stores. Uh, so these kind of stores display their price in the local currency, usually in the Zimbabwe dollar. So when you enter a shop in Zimbabwe, the first thing you will notice is like when you enter a bank in Bosnia. So when you enter a bank in Bosnia or in Europe, you see like this display with exchange rates, right? If you want to buy US dollar, if you want to buy yen or whichever currency, there is an exchange rate. Well, that's actually here in Zimbabwe in a normal supermarket. So you enter the supermarket and you will have displayed US dollar, euro, pula, like the, the, the currencies from Botswana, currency from South Africa, and the a British pound. So that means that you can pay in any of these um, currencies in that particular store. However, the exchange rate changes daily. What does that mean in reality? That means that if you go to this store and you want to pay in US dollars, right, um, because you don't have the Zimbabwean dollar, let's say, uh, then you have to use the exchange rate, which is in that store and on that day. So that product will cost you differently tomorrow and after tomorrow. And, you know, for example, I was doing a small research when I arrived. Um, so I, I was just checking a price of olive oil, let's say, right? So um, the olive oil... Um, cost like for the official official exchange rate that, that was on that day in, in that store, it cost uh, $30 for one liter, right? And then uh, if you paid the, sa uh, the, the same product in euros, it cost you 50 euros, 50 euros. But then there is something like, like a black market rate uh, here. Uh, so for the, if you pay with that rate, the same oil will cost you $20. And there's a lot of rates in between. I know, David, I mean, it's very complicated. That's I'm just trying to transmit the feeling of how complicated it is here. Um, and, and it's also very expensive. Zimbabwe is very, very expensive for us expats. Uh, actually, I would dare to say it is the most expensive country I have lived in. I would have to say that you really do need to have a sense of humor when you go to, to buy things or if you're even vacuum, vacuuming uh, your house, you must have to have a tremendous uh, sense of humour uh, to keep going. When you, when, let's take shopping. When you go shopping, do you, do you cook internationally 
at home or uh, have you sort of like leaned a little bit towards Zimbabwean cuisine? <laughs> well, um, yeah, I would say uh, I, I cook more internationally, but I do like Zimbabwean food and uh, not all of it. I will be honest. I, I like the, the, their sada. Sada is like the main local food here that every Zimbabwean loves. Um, sadza is like uh, made out of maize or corn, right? Um, and it is kind of, it became, it becomes like a white paste. And then you eat it with your hands. You know, even in Bosnia, there are certain things we eat with our hands. So I don't have a problem with that. So I go sometimes to food courts with local food, order sadza with the stew, and uh, they have some local greens. I think they're called kobo. So basically, you eat all that with your hands, and it's delicious. I have to say, I really love that. And I do love their barbecue, their chicken. It is the best in the world. I mean, they are really masters in barbecue and how the way they make chicken is just incredible. However, Zimbabweans have some, yeah, some weird food for me because like they eat um, caterpillars, um, black thick caterpillars. They're called Mopane or Maduro. And it's a delicacy here. It's full of protein and uh, you can buy it in the supermarket together with your fruits and vegetables. And they also eat like termites. Um, yeah, bugs, basically. That's I, I, I'm not a big fan of that. On the other hand, um, um, yes, I am not that good in Bosnian cuisine. Like, I do know how to cook some Bosnian cuisine. Like, I would love to make sarma and punjane paprike, like stuffed peppers and stuff like that. But um, I don't really find the ingredients here, like, especially not the sour cabbage. That's very complicated. Um, otherwise, I would make it. But unfortunately, I don't know how to make pita from scratch. And if I could buy the, the, the dough that's already made, I would... I would definitely make that, but I gave myself like a task to, to learn, yeah, how to make pita. I think my kids would be very happy about that. So, yeah, you asked me previously um, about the things that from, Bosnia, from Bosnia, like if I kept certain things. Um, you know, it's, I mean, I'm already not a typical Bosnian, somebody who has lived so long outside of their country, in many different countries, grew up partly somewhere else. I already am not a typical Bosnian and I do not drink even coffee and I don't smoke. So that already alone makes me a not, non-typical Bosnian. But I do try to, um, yeah, keep a few traditions at home, like uh, when we celebrate some holidays and stuff like that. I try to you know, to have some family time and to explain my kids what it is and how we do in Bosnia. Um, and uh, yeah, just like, you know, sometimes read some books to my kids in Bosnian and uh, listen to some Bosnian music. I don't do it very often, but from time to time, I do have a, the need to do that. And 
Uh, yeah, my husband knows even a lot of Bosnian music. My kids love it. So, yeah, it's 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 definitely nice to keep uh, some of your traditions, but it's challenging, I can say, especially when in your household your husband is uh, not from the same culture, not from the same country, and your kids were born also somewhere else and you live somewhere else. It's very, very challenging, but I'm doing my best. I get where you're coming from. Um, it's, as you know, it's not such a great cultural difference in some ways, but Tamara is from Bosnia-Herzegovina, my wife. I'm from the United Kingdom. And yeah, it's, um, how would you say? It's a Sharani lifestyle. It's a colorful lifestyle. Um, we're coming up to Easter and um, obviously we have two, but uh, yeah, Tam's, yeah, she's got into English cooking, so we have like a traditional uh, English Easter, and then we do, you know, the other one um, later on. You know, your your acceptance of culture seems to be so positive and so open. Uh, the photographs that you have online show you wearing um, uh, items, local items of clothing, very very colourful. So culturally, you must be or you must feel very open. And when you were talking about music, yeah, I like I'm a fan of XYU rock. But you like you like local Zimbabwe music. Um, So a two pointed part to the question here. How do you find the fashions of Zimbabwe as a lady? And second part of the question is, can you tell me about this uh, Zimbabwean pop star that you've met and whose music you really like? Yeah, David, you got this absolutely right. Um, I I love different cultures, and I I mean I feel rich in a sense that I have uh, been able to meet so many different people and so many different cultures, and that's the best thing that has ever happened to me. I love African fashion. I mean, you know, already uh, my husband is uh, African, and uh, of course, that's not very far from me. Um, and I just, yeah, I just love it. It's so different and, uh, and, and anybody can actually wear it and appreciate it. You just have to be open. You have to have an open heart, you know, and everybody, I I've seen this everywhere in the world. If you are open to people, they will be open to you and they will be welcoming, you know? So that's all it takes. But if you come with an attitude, then people will be also more distanced and closed and seem like they don't want to talk to you. I have never had this issue like, most of the time, um, people are welcoming and uh, because, you know, I embrace this uh, beauties of all the countries. Yes, in Zimbabwe, I, um, after we arrived, I think it was like after two weeks or something like that, we were walking in the city center and I saw a store with like African clothes uh, and I entered right away because I love African clothes. Um, even in Madagascar, I had some um, clothes made for me, especially for me with African uh, designs. So I entered the store and um, even the designer herself, she was in the store. She was so beautiful. I cannot even explain you. She looks like, like a painting. I mean, she's beautiful wearing her own outfits. Her store was so colorful and uh, yeah, that's like my favorite store here in Zimbabwe for now. But it's also very common in Africa to have your own tailor, like to have a tailor where you just buy uh, like um, this 
uh, fabrics and then you you have your clothes done um yes and uh Regarding your other question, I am very, very lucky and privileged to have been able to meet one of the biggest stars in Zimbabwe. So actually two of them, uh, one of them is Jack Preza and the other one is Amara Brown. They are really big stars here, like everybody knows them. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, first I, I, I had a chance to, to be at a concert where they were performing it was the energy was so good, so great. And I personally, I love African music. Like before, I mean, before I met my husband, I didn't know any African music. Like, and the first time he played Congolese music to me, it didn't ring any bells, like the same way it must have been for him to hear Balkan music the first time. You know, like you don't have any feeling and I didn't really like, like it, let's say. But now I love I love Congolese music. I love Zimbabwean music. I love Malagasy music and other African music. We watch sometimes African channels and we, we listen to different like stars from different African countries. Uh, their music is very different from our music. You know, uh, our music is very dramatic and has very heavy lyrics, either that or it's just very just, you know, like what we have in the kafanas, like this kind of folk. Whereas here, the music is very lively and... Um, People just love to dance and move, you know, and, uh, you know, and um, I had a chance uh, at an event to meet then these two stars in person. And uh, they were so humble. They were so friendly. Um, and, you know, I was able to chat with them, to exchange a few sentences. You, I mean, unbelievable, really. I am super, super happy about that. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you would like to support us and the production of future episodes, then please consider maybe buying us a coffee. in the Balkans. With your online presence, and, and I'll refer to, uh, to your Instagram account, you've got a unique way of telling stories to make people get really interested in, in, in this case, in Zimbabwe. And, and going back to when we started at the podcast and I asked you how was Zeza, I found that that one story that you told about the life with electricity in the Zimbabwean context, it was that that hooked me to actually binge view uh, all your content. What is the response that you're getting uh, from people regarding your storytelling um, from Harare and, and the wider Zimbabwe? I have to say um, 99% of the response I receive is totally positive. 
Uh, rarely, I get some negative comments here and there, but I'm sometimes surprised myself, you know, because um, as a foreigner living in somebody's country's uh, country, you know, there are issues like in my own country, of course, and uh, people listen to you. And Zimbabweans, I have to say, um, I, I, I compare now Madagascar and Zimbabwe because these are the last two countries I have lived in and both are in Africa. They're very different. Like in Zimbabwe, people are engaging much, much more um, on social media with me than I ha ever had before in Madagascar. People were more passive. But here, people read thoroughly and listen thoroughly to what you're saying and they would comment on things that... Sometimes I even cannot believe people heard or paid attention to. So Zimbabweans are very, very uh, engaging and um, responsive. They write their opinion, and um, and uh, but mainly positive. You know, it's not easy to talk about a topic that causes a big problem in the country for a lot of people. But you, you know, that's why I try to put it in a in a funny way with some sense of humor where we can all, all of us who live in Zimbabwe can relate to that, you know? And I thought that I could explain uh, a couple of words like Zesa, which I will, um, in such a way that people can understand it, but also take it with some humor. I think that's absolutely fantastic. I mean, some of my content, I have to say, uh, people from Bosnia-Herzegovina comment on things. And there was a video that I put on YouTube about visiting my neighbor. And one of the comments I got was two minutes and seven seconds. Did she say Bitterschön? Um, because one of my neighbor's daughters lived in, in Austria and I speak German. So, you know, just said to me, Bitterschön. And I just thought that must have taken some, wow, they really do uh, pay attention. Yeah, it's that that is crazy. I didn't want to put any serious questions into the podcast, but one I, I would like to fly past you, and that is this. You come from a country that has had for decades a troubled situation, if we can put it that way. Zimbabwe also has had uh, a troubled past and maybe a troubled recent past. Um, are there any things that you, you could say that you found that Zimbabwe has found a way to, to try and make it better or in a way that Bosnia-Herzegovina might have done something that Zimbabwe could use to get better? Maybe that's a difficult question, but your views would be really great. So um, that's a very interesting question, actually. I reflect very often on that. And um, one thing I can say for sure is that I actually find a lot of parallels um, to Bosnia and Zimbabwe. I mean, like many things are not new to me here. You know, I although, of course, it's challenging to live uh, every day in certain uh, conditions. Uh, but, um, you know, I grew up in Bosnia when I came back after the war. We had so many potholes on the road that, you know, you had to drive zigzag. Uh, that is the case uh, in Harare city, for example. Um, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, yeah, it's a, it, sometimes it's annoying, but it's not something that I have not lived in my own country, for example. Uh, we had reductions of, um, we call them reductions, power cuts, water cuts, uh, 
you know, we are very resilient people in Bosnia. And that's, I think, the one word that describes Zimbabwean, resilient. They are incredibly resilient that they are relaxed about many things that foreigners will get upset about. Um, Also, another parallel to Zimbabwe is um, that, you know, Zimbabwe had um, the second highest hyperinflation in the world in 2008. The only higher one was in Hungary. Uh, And Yugoslavia comes just after Zimbabwe on the third place in history. And I remember when I was a child, uh, I remember my parents were bringing money in bags home. And, you know, we kids would be just like playing with it. I, I, I have these images in front of my head, mind. And um, Zimbabwe went through that as well, you know. So uh, also cultural, I mean, like um, people wise, Zimbabweans and Bosnians are very similar. The mentality is just incredibly similar. You wouldn't believe like people are open, people are friendly, people are uh, spontaneous, like, you know, just coming, popping up at your house without big appointment or being late, you know, all kind of uh, features that Bosnians have. I, I have to say I get along very well with Zimbabwean people. Now, if uh, Zimbabwe could learn something from Bosnia, I don't think I can, I'm the right person to, to say anything because Bosnia has also to learn a lot. Maybe Bosnia can learn also things from Zimbabwe. Um, uh, but uh, I do hope that uh, this country will move forward because there is so much potential here. Um, I mean, Zimbabwe is one of the, uh, has one of the most educated people in Africa, one of the most literate people in Africa. You know, there is so much potential here. The country is so beautiful. You know, I need to, I just need to take my car 15 minutes from my house, half an hour. I'm able to do like a game drive, like to see what we call safari to, to see wild animals it is beautiful, well organized. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm very surprised. I was very surprised when I came to this country. Things are so organized. Everything, Zimbabweans are very uh, reliable, professional, uh, educated, eloquent. Uh, I was expecting something different, um, but I am very, very delighted actually about those kind of things. I, yeah. They, you know, like Bosnia, every country has their own issues, and I hope the best for them. You've given me so much of your time this morning, of which I am very, very grateful. So um, this is my final uh, question uh, for you. For me, I, I came to this country for a reason. I came in 1998 to help the country in those initial years after the war. I was bitten by Bosnia-Herzegovina. And I suppose I never left. And I think this is where I'm going to end my days. I am an unusual Brit in that respect. You've left your home country. Uh, you say that, you know, you, you, you feel like Belgium is your home now. But your enthusiasm for, for Africa is obviously so huge. And I have to say it's pretty infectious. And because your husband uh, has his African roots... Do you ever think that when it comes to finally quitting the nine to five, as I'll call it, 
whether that's the expat lifestyle or whatever. Do you ever think in your mind that Africa could be for you permanently? Yes, David. Um, that's right. I I would have never believed that um, I one day I would be living in Africa, first of all, uh, taking into account that I didn't even know, to be honest, where on the map Zimbabwe or Madagascar were. So I knew basically nothing about this part of the world. And um, now I'm living here and I'm not just living because, you know, we are working here and we will leave and I will forget these places. I honestly left my heart in Madagascar and I know I'm going to leave my heart in Zimbabwe because I'm here with my heart and I feel these countries, I, I feel these people, I'm engaged and I, I just like it very much here. Um, yes, um, I really don't exclude the possibility that um, we stay here or we come back here. Um, absolutely not. We we already have a project in Madagascar and uh, I'm sure, so, you know, we will be going back there for sure. And uh, also any other country in Africa, you know, South Africa is just next door. South Africa is a beautiful country um, and uh, so many other countries where people could just spend their life, actually. And you know what? I have met, I have met here in Zimbabwe Bosnians. I have met Serbians. Just yesterday, I was with a Bosnian lady sitting, and she has been living in Zimbabwe 37 years. And I asked her if she likes it here, if she, wa- if she would want to go back. She said, no, she absolutely loves it here. Anybody who I ever asked, people like that, they love it here. They don't intend going back. You know, there are many positive things here. Apart from this first issues that you have as a beginner here, you know, that I'm pointing out now. But once you're over that, once you understand that, the rest is just beautiful. The weather is nice. There is so much space. People are nice. It's so easygoing, you know. And um, one, every time I go back to Europe, I'm fine for two weeks. But then I start to be like, uh, okay, I want to go back to my Africa every time. After two or three weeks, that's the limit for me. Like, I like it. I, you know, I go back to having all this um, street life, crowds, bars, shopping. Great. But after three weeks, I'm done. Uh, I I really love Africa. And um, yeah, who knows? Maybe we come back here to stay for good. Yeah. Ramaniana, thank you so, so much. As I said before, it's been an absolute blast uh, chatting to you to find out what life is like for a Bosnian in Africa or a Bosnian in in Zimbabwe. Uh, I've certainly learned a lot. I hope that we can keep in touch and please stay safe. And I wish you all the best with 100% Zedza, but I don't think that's going to happen. Thank you so much, David. I appreciate uh, you giving me the time and the possibility to talk about what life is like in Zimbabwe and in Africa. And I just want to say one last thing uh, to all the people in Bosnia and any other countries who don't know much about Africa, who hear about Africa only from media, please come to Africa and uh, uh, reassure yourself that Africa is great. And, uh, you know, it's not only what we see in media. And uh, I hope that there will be more people who will be able to see and experience what I have in my life in Africa. Thank you. That's me talking to Ramayana 
Mabita about her life as a Bosnian living in Zimbabwe. I hope you found it interesting, and if you did, please do leave a review, as it really does help the podcast to grow. And also, maybe you might consider subscribing to our blog as well. The link is in the show notes. Thanks in advance. That's it for this episode. We have tons more planned for this year. But in the meantime, please stay safe wherever you are listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you would like to support us and the production of future episodes, then please consider maybe buying us a coffee. The link to do that is in the show notes for this podcast. Thanks again, and see you next time. So, that's it for this episode. Our podcast is available on all major podcast platforms. And if you like this podcast, then please do leave us a review or send us an email. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you would like to support us and the production of future episodes, then please consider maybe giving us a tip or becoming a member of our podcast family. The link to do that is in the show notes for this podcast. Thanks again for listening. We really do appreciate it. To find out more about us and where we live, why not check out our blog at anenglishmaninthebalkans.com.